Welcome to the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. Well, what happened in November? We were expecting a lot of action, and it's like it never really took off. I mean, everything seemed to be happening as we expected, uh, based on Dana Coverstone's dreams. And it was, you know, we saw the uh, calendar November 3rd, rotating clockwise and then counterclockwise. And we, we're still in the midst of an election that's went one way uh, on election night because all of the fraud and perception and the mockingbird media telling us, calling states and all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, we're sitting there, at least half the country or more is witnessing all the ballot drops in the middle of the night and all the absurdities, over-the-top crazy fraud. Uh, Meanwhile, there's another 45% of the country that is absolutely clueless and uh, just bought into whatever all of, I don't even want to call it mainstream media because now it's all media. It's every social media platform, even those that aren't in communication I'm talking well voice and video communication I'm, we had platforms like vimeo dropping people mailchimp uh mail yeah mailchimp eventbrite which is a, a calendar uh, scheduling event planning service uh, very big out of uh, the West Coast, and they're here in Nashville as well. They were all dropping people just because of what they believe. They wanted to schedule an event. Nope, we're not going to allow that because we disagree with that. So, and then we saw Fox News just melt down and lose all of almost all lose lost enough viewership that now it's just in the noise with everybody else. So, uh, we'll never go back to it. I'm never going to go back to it because I can't trust them. Even if there's one or two, like there was a time when Tucker was going off. And yeah, so now I don't, I don't, it cast out on every single, every single media person. Now, uh, I don't trust you anymore. I have a handful that I trust, but, uh, they are, they're the ones who can criticize the president without, dropping their loyalty to him, whereas it sure does look like everyone else uh, draws you in, builds a trust, and then backstabs on on something that you can clearly see happening, like, there's no voter fraud. No, no, no. And they'll debunk these things, in quotes, debunk them, even though you're sitting there watching the video as people are pulling suitcases of ballots out and all that. Yeah, there's nothing nothing strange about that. So, yeah, that's what you do at 3 in the morning. So, the good thing is, what we now know is we don't have to pick and choose. All of the media, and that is kind of scary because, I mean, all those media uh, entities are owned, they're either owned by other entities or they own others like Disney and ESPN. And, you know, they're all connected all, I mean, and I'm talking 
billions and billions and billions of dollars of uh, value in these companies that are all interconnected and related, all talking in 100% lockstep, which we ought to know there's something fishy about that. So back to what happened, because, you know, if, if you believed Coverstone, I think a lot of people did. I certainly, I still do. I mean, I never thought he was a prophet. All I, I mean, I'm not discounting who he is and what he said. I'm, I'm glad that he uh, came out and told everyone about his dreams. So don't hear me discounting him uh, the way I uh, lay this out. But I'm, you know, all he was was one of us. He's just, I know he's a pastor, but he's just one of us. And he never claimed to be a prophet. He never, uh, I don't think, I mean, he, I believe he did say he believed God spoke to his heart. But again, I go back to, I believe I've said this. I think if we had heard, if, if we had had a dream that impacted us that significantly, we would have reacted the exact same way. And I would have expected every single one of you or myself to tell our friends, family, or whatever. Uh, he just happened to be on Facebook. Now, again, it's not like just because you put it on Facebook, it's going to get to a million people. He, It was just in his circle of, you know, whoever's on Facebook, and probably a pastor has a bigger footprint than others uh you know i i rarely go on facebook in the last since the last election when i saw people just melting down uh friends family young kids in college i just couldn't take it because i don't want to end up hating people for <laughs> i i don't want it to ruin a friendships too strong but I, I just don't want there to be a wedge between me and anyone else in having cordial a cordial relationship uh, because I witnessed them melting down like a little child because again most of y'all like myself uh, I I've grown up through one Bush senior term, eight years of Clinton, uh, who was that? Uh, eight years of, or eight years of Bush Jr., eight years of Obama. You know, you like, you like some things, you don't like a lot of things. You just basically you're tolerating all through that period. You're, you know, 20, 30 years, you're just tolerating the politics of voting for someone, the lesser of two evils. And you never really find great satisfaction. You never really get what you're looking for with your vote. You just, you're settling. You're always settling. And so I've, I've had to always bite my tongue and you just live with it. You deal with it. But these people who haven't, haven't even gotten their first job yet. We're just 
weeping in the street, melting down on the internet. And, and, and unfortunately we even saw adults do the same thing on Facebook. So I don't want to witness that. I mean, it's embarrassing for one thing, but uh, for grown adults to behave that way as if a president can impact your life to that degree. Now we are <laughs> up until now, we've never had a potential president make such drastic impacts. Now I think we're in that territory. Now I think given uh, the fraud that we all are knowledgeable of in the Senate, in Congress, and uh certainly in both parties. And I'm leaving Trump out of this. He's trying to drain that cesspool. But if, if you don't believe that it is such a mess after witnessing Georgia and Pennsylvania, Arizona and Nevada and Wisconsin and whoever else, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's in every state. But if you don't believe that it is polluted everything, uh, both parties, and you turn on the news and they say, there's no evidence of voter fraud. There's no evidence of machines that, uh, machines that have software, you know, that can manipulate votes. Let me tell you what you're seeing on the news. You're hearing people who I'm a software developer. You'll hear people talk about these machines, like the Dominion machines, like, oh, they're hacked or, you know, whatever. The machines weren't hacked. When you, when you look at how the data is passed, and I saw this within a day or two of once we heard the first, once the first time we heard the word Dominion uh, and it was, uh, you know, described to us as a, the voting machine company and all these other Smartmatic and all that. But once you saw how the data was passed, any developer knew that this wasn't a machine that was hacked. They knew it was made to throw elections the way the data is passed. The data isn't, can it, the data wasn't passed uh, candidate one got 9,005 votes. Candidate two got 3,010 votes. And candidate three got whatever. And then here's a total vote. Uh, that isn't how it was passed. It was passed as fractions. And then there was a total vote count. Well, that ought to raise a... <laughs> that ought to... Uh, send a chill down your spine because at that point, you know, the, the machine was set up from day one, not the machine, the software was set up from day one to be manipulated. And you could wait the, you could scale or wait the votes by percentage to, you know, uh, to one candidate across all of them, I mean, it was very obvious just by looking at the output that this wasn't legit. So for them to say, uh, for the Mockingbird media to say the machines weren't hacked, they're actually telling the truth there. Now, 
uh, I will say, I think there's plenty of evidence to pull the talk out of the shadows and the conspiracy theories of, you know, there were people on the internet and there was a server in Germany and all that, that uh, votes were changed and all that. I think we can confirm that now because we've had uh, Colonel Phil Waldron come out uh, as a white hat cyber expert. I don't know if he's still in, I don't think he's in the government anymore, but I think he is certainly connected behind the scenes somehow, but uh, he's, he is a true expert on uh, network traffic and all that. And in my job, we, we capture network traffic uh, for debugging purposes because we send a lot of information over the, over a network and we, we examine packets to see uh, when we have a problem. You're, you send data from one machine to another, and you don't get the right result. So we capture traffic on the internet, or not internet, but over the network. This is a closed network I'm talking about in our case. But it could be done if you had access to routers uh, and certainly more sophisticated technology where they are tapping fiber optic lines uh, and all that came out with Snowden and things like that. But there are tools out there. I mean, just for the layman, there's open source software called Wireshark. And we capture every day we're capturing packets on our own network, analyzing the traffic to see, OK, I sent it from machine A. It's something's wrong at machine B. Is what I'm capturing on the internet correct uh, compared to what I send and what I'm receiving? So it's, it's a tool we use. So it's it's no stretch whatsoever for for uh, an intel agency or black hats or really anybody with a whole lot of money who can buy people off buy buy the hardware, buy access, uh, to be able to do that. So uh, the conspiracies, which I don't think they were ever conspiracies, I completely under, I mean, I completely believed the stories of Dominion and uh, manipulating voting results either over the air, uh, over the over the wire, uh, based on what that General McInerney was talking about with Hammer and Scorecard, uh, or at a server location. Not a stretch at all. It's it's uh, completely plausible. So uh, anyway, these white hats that have come out with, you know, and putting their credibility on the line, uh, Colonel Phil Waldron, Sidney Powell, Attorney Lynn Wood and many others that are that are uh, involved in exposing the fraud, they lend credibility to all that. So when you've when you you know a month later when you've still got these punks in Georgia who are debunking voter fraud and all this, and then the Mockingbird media that is just saying, look. You know, the machines, that's absurd. Come on. Uh, 
there, you know, there wasn't any machines hacked and there wasn't any fraud. I mean, look, there's, there's always a little bit, but not enough to, it just, it's in the noise there. Well, uh, we know they're liars and we know the fraud is, uh, huge in this case, huge. And there's a guy I heard this week. I think he witnessed, he was a witness in Arizona, Bobby Patone. He was fantastic. He's a mathematician and he, like another, other half a dozen guys, he was, uh, he did some statistical analysis and he showed, you know, yeah, it's obviously fraud, but he's a libertarian. He hasn't voted for a Republican or Democrat in the last 20 years. And he, what he had to say was so inspiring. And only reason I bring him up is he wants to go back and audit every federal election for the last 20 years by county or by precinct because that data should be there because we can tell by statistical analysis, their work, uh, we can tell when it looks like there's fraud and a very high probability of fraud. And, uh, because it's just very difficult to hide unless the election is extremely close or uh, it is the the fraud is absurd. You can't hide that, which in this case, this election a month ago it was because there was such a huge gap between Trump and Biden that uh, they couldn't get it done with three percent. They had to resort to more, you know, the backup of paper ballots, and it and they. In some cases, they still couldn't do it. They couldn't make up the difference. And that's why you've still, it, it's crazy. We're over a month from the election, a month and a day, and we've still got people who are counting ballots. It's the dumbest thing in the world. So anyway, I'm getting off track here, but let me go back to, so what happened with Coverstone? He had these dreams, uh, again, I'll repeat myself because uh, I'm not blaming him. There are certain people who treated him like a prophet, not a prophet. He's just one of us. And he was saying, look, when time comes and nothing happens, I'm an idiot. Now, he hasn't come out and said I'm an idiot. He's kind of coming out and I wouldn't say he's hedging, but he. It, I hope he doesn't go down that path. Uh the worst mistake, and I've already seen a little bit of this by other people and maybe a little bit by him, the mistake right now to avoid is start making everything symbolic or allegorical to justify what did or didn't happen. Because he has said, hey, some things happen, some things haven't and all that. Let me tell you what's the minutia that I th I think y'all, I'm a... I'm guessing you're, there are a lot of you that think the same way I am, whereas we saw things happening that he described in his dreams, like the finger on the calendar where it would go clockwise and then counterclockwise. Well, three months before, none of us were, you know, none of us who advertised 
their belief uh, online was saying, there's the election. I mean, we knew the election was November 3rd, duh, but nobody was saying one candidate's going to win, then it's going to overturn all the, I mean, might've had a feeling, but obviously everybody sees that reversal and they go, something's going to happen and then it's going to get overturned. And then we got more details like the obvious winners, not so obvious and all that started backfilling uh, these with these other clues. So we, we witnessed all that. Now, whether he could have predicted it with his subconscious because he consumes so much content, I don't know. I mean, that'd be pretty sophisticated if he did. And again, I'm not trying to justify why nothing happened in November, at least to the extent that we were all expecting. But I'm trying to tell you just where I am mentally with all this. All of November and still to today, this is December 5th, morning of the 5th. Here's exactly where I am. It still feels like something is stirring. It still, uh, I still felt like I was witnessing everything happening except the spark never happened to set the fire of the opposition, people rioting in the streets and all that. Something never let that ignite. Some, or something didn't ignite for whatever reason. Otherwise, everything happened that I was expecting to see. I mean, I saw an election get fraudulently taken or overturned in the middle of the night. And then we see the, the just the gut-wrenching turn of Fox News. I mean, I knew they weren't purely conservative, but it was it was beyond disappointing. It's sickening to see people tell you the exact opposite of what you're witnessing or completely ignore it. And they're still ignoring it. Uh, the facts on the street, that's nauseating to me. It, it's also uh, very sobering because we're not talking about uh, just some party operatives that want to win an election. We're talking about Billions, multiple, I'm not talking one or two billion dollars of worth here. We're talking humongous, humongous dollars in play. I don't want to use the word trillion because I don't know. It's a lot of money, but huge, huge entities at play that are all stacked against us. Whatever they're trying to bring it is sobering, scary, and sickening that they took over, uh, infiltrated, purchased, whatever you want to call it, and coerced, blackmailed. Uh, I'm sure they're using all of these techniques. Uh, Like-minded people on the left. Uh, all of that, all of that 
stacked against us. And now what is encouraging to me is I know there's like 80 million people in this country who truly love our country. And now I'm beyond the parties. Uh, I voted Republican only because in the past, and I'm not talking about president Trump. I, I love what he has tried to do, but other Republicans, you know, you're voting for the lesser of two evils and all that going forward. I'm voting for whatever candidate will be able to produce the most freedom for anybody. That's my answer to any political argument with uh, people I know on the left, you know, and whenever I get with them, they're like, what about health care? What about this? You know, if everybody was in on it, this plan would work. And I'm like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm not voting for policies anymore. I will vote for whoever brings the most freedom to the citizens of the United States, whoever protects the freedom of the citizens of the United States. Now that would, that's going to include secure voting. And then that rolls out to, you got to have a secure border. If you're going to have secure voting, uh, secure voting could be done in many ways. You either go back to paper and establish some type of transparency, complete transparency, or you've got to go tech, full-on tech, and go to some type of blockchain where everyone can vote anonymously, but they can also guarantee, and I mean real guarantee, 100% guarantee through the blockchain that their vote was counted, there, there weren't any extra countings or any extra votes cast, uh, you got to be living and breathing and living in a certain area. And that's your one vote. So that's, those are the people, those are the candidates I'm voting for. I don't care who they are. I don't care what hat they wear from now on. That's who I'm voting for. But anyway, keep getting off the subject. Uh, you know, I still feel like something is stirring, uh, Let me tell you about a guy in the last two weeks, I've found all kinds of people that I've now follow on Twitter and YouTube. And there's a guy I found just a couple of days ago named monkey works. One word you can search Twitter or YouTube. uh, And he's 30 years in the defense industry. That's kind of like my background as well. He uh, forgot who he was with Lockheed Martin somebody like that. Uh, but, um, this guy monkey works, he has for several years now, he has been tracking military. I don't mean tracking with a radar, but there, there are websites that, that, or I should say web, uh, APIs or, or websites that aggregate and, uh, will provide a view of all active military aircraft that are squawking uh, at any point in time in the in you know 24 7 so uh, and it shows what's on the ground what's in the air all that shows their flight plans those kind of things now obviously not every military 
or covert aircraft is going to uh, register their flight plan and all that for secrecy reasons. But uh, for the most part, there's an awful lot of aircraft that, it was surprising to me that uh, are doing things, we don't know what they're doing, but uh, you can tell where they left and where they're headed to and all that. Well, this guy, uh, he will come on, the, he'll drop a video every now and then when he sees something funny going on. And so I don't know what his, I don't know what his track record for the last year has been, but he tells you like, look, this, this number is normal every day at any point in time in this area or this region of the United States. And then right now we're at five times that number of aircraft or whatever. Well, I started watching this guy uh, in the last two weeks and there has been all kinds of traffic going to and from Gitmo. That word instantly throws you into the conspiracy theory realm. So, and I would have believed it somewhat, but, you know, there are sources, I believe, you know, that say, you know, Gitmo was expanded and all that. But this, I'm, I'm not in the camp of hundreds of thousands of arrests are pending. I'm not in that camp. But let me tell you, when I see this guy and I see the, I see the visuals and I see the aircraft and he explains like, look, I've been watching these tail numbers for a year now and, and. You know, this number is typical traffic flow in this pattern. And we are looking at five times that traffic in the last two weeks after the election. That's something you ought to be looking at. And then there was something else just a day or two ago. Heard some guy on a podcast, uh, health ranger or something. I don't know what his sources are, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting information, but none of it's confirmed. And, uh, so he's talking about things like, Hey, one of my sources was saying something was going down and potentially bad in DC, uh, after hours. And this was a couple of days ago. And then that next morning, monkey work to drop something, a video that shows, a bunch of traffic around DC that is Air Force One and Two, and a bunch of other air traffic, uh, helicopter traffic, and things. And you see Air Force One and Two take off, leave the area, and they they go a couple hundred miles away, and they just do traffic patterns, a circle, like they're killing time. And then they go back after a while and, and land again. And what's weird is uh, this Monkey Works guy, he's, he's enough in the details. And you could come up to speed on this as well. It's not like he's hiding anything. But he'll tell you with the data there that Air Force One is not squawking its, uh, IF, its typical IFF... Uh, uh, chirp that, and I'm no expert on this, but uh, all aircraft uh, have a, they squawk a signal. And uh, 
for military purposes, it's so you know who your who your friendlies are. So if you're if you're not squawking, and I confirm, you know, and I can't confirm who you are, you know, you might be in trouble uh, if you are you know proceeding towards me in a hostile manner. So, uh, and obviously you can turn that off, but for whatever reason, Monkey Works was saying Air Force One was not squawking its typical Air Force One uh, designation, I'll call it. And yet the bird, the tail number was in the air and all that. So now I don't know how I could tell that, but I believe it. I mean, the guy looks like he has, he acts like he has nothing to hide. He's not a conspiracy theorist. He's just presenting information and he's, he's very open. He, uh, he'll just say, Hey, look, we have, uh, typically these, this is a training area. So we're disregarding that. So don't get upset about that. But he said this area we might have on any, at any given moment, you might have, 20 helicopters up in the air, military now. And last night there was 250, you know. And and there are times when they'll say, hey, I know there's a training exercise going on, but there's a lot of that circumstantial stuff out there. Now, when you see the elevated traffic going to Gitmo, I don't know what you... I don't know how you can discount that. And he he is completely open when he says, I know that these are supplies, these are troop, change out troop, you know, troop carriers, and all that. No big deal there. But these other birds are unknown. Or they're known to fly that pattern. They're just flying it 10 times more frequently than normal. So something is going on. I go back to Dana Coverstone. There is so much in the air happening on so many fronts that is, and all of it's disturbing, all of it. And yet the one thing that I can remember from the dream for November, like the fist hitting it, you know, we expected some massive, uh, violence and uh, uh, something explosive. I'm not talking physically like a bomb, but just actions, explosive actions, violence of some type, uh, you know, probably rioting is what I was expected to see. None of it happened. I mean, it could be some of it wasn't reported, but nothing on the scale that we were used to seeing this summer. And that was like the only missing ingredient was I fully expected to be uh, there to be riots in the streets to push back against patriots trying to expose the fraud. And it hasn't happened. Now, what it leads me to is maybe they are still coming because there's a lot. There's certain areas where it doesn't look like it looks like the courts are still so fraudulent that even with blatant fraud that's proved you you can't get justice just like the general flynn case the absurdity of it uh where both parties agree to you know there's no charges whatever 
and yet the judge still doesn't let go. I mean, that's how awful things are. That's how, I mean, you go in with explicit, uh, I mean, literally, somebody could come in with a knife in their back and a guy's hand on the knife and the judge go, no, I don't, I don't see the evidence there. So uh, that's what we're witnessing. Our system is, is light is hitting it. And what we what we're seeing is every it looks like everyone in the system has been bought off or blackmailed somehow, some way, or is like minded, uh, whatever they think they're going to gain out of it. So to me, going back to what happened, and I know I'm getting long here, but to me whatever happened or why didn't things happen? It looked like everything did happen to me other than explosive events didn't take place. There wasn't this massive clash, uh, the beginning or the uh, hints of a civil war or whatever. That's still in the air. I mean, the craziness. Uh, let me tell you, if, if, there is more than half this country, and I would say 70%, approaching 70%, that did not vote for Biden. And if they see that guy sworn in somehow, some way, I just don't see how it happens. But if they think that's going to happen, no, no, no. I mean, this isn't a disputed election. This is complete and utter fraud. No way. This is third world. So uh, I, I just can't see our, our our country, and I'm calling the patriots who love freedom, who have united. It's the greatest unity I've seen in my lifetime, all in this darkness of fraud. But uh, And that's been great to witness, but I, I, there's no way I see our country allowing that to happen. Ain't no way. So uh, hopefully it doesn't resort to violence. Uh, I could see skirmishes, but I, my mind just can't go there. So bottom line, uh, to me, I'm glad that I prepared in the way I did. Still glad I did. And I told you several times, if you believed what he said, then you'll prepare. If you don't, then you're not going to prepare. So you know, there you go. That's, that's how it is in all of every aspect of our life. And to me, it's a great, this is a great example. Uh, it's a, it's something we can examine uh, of how God speaks to us, because uh, I kind of see it on, I see it as a scale. And on the, on the low end, or I'll just say one end, uh, I'm now at a point in my life where when, when I'm talking to God, I expect him to move. In other words, when I'm praying and I'm asking him 
for something or intervention or to help someone or whatever, or help me, you know, Lord, give me a desire to do X, Y, or Z or whatever. My prayer, I should say, when I am, when I am looking for an answer from God, my first response to look for an answer is his motive is my expectation of God to motivate my own heart towards something. So, and it's happened enough in my life. He has grown me up in him that it is my, it's my reasonable expectation. And I'll just tell him outright, Lord, I am a, Father, I'm expecting you to guide my heart in a specific direction. And wherever that goes, I'm going to, you know, I don't, I don't even say this anymore, but I just, I just know he's leading me. It's, there's not even a conversation anymore at that point, but I expect him to lead me by the motivation of my heart. Now, if you're not a if if you're still in a place where your heart can't be trusted and all that stuff, well, I don't you are so divided, double-minded because at some point you've got to believe God. And I'm I don't want to use the word faith because we tend to hold in a higher hold it in a higher regard. The Greek word for faith is believe. And I would I would say throw throw the English word trust in there. It's all the same. So it is just simply it's more than this, but it's simply believing God. And it isn't like, oh I'm walking out on this tight wire. Oh Lord, help me. Help me to trust you. No, I'm I ask God for something. I ask him for his guidance and direction. And my expectation is he's going to turn my heart in that direction that I need to go. And that's all there is. I'm done at that point. I'm just walking in that direction. So uh, all that to say that Dana Coverstone had some dreams. They shook him greatly. I go back to if the same thing had happened to us, we probably would have done the same thing, tell people close to us. And you have enough of these with that type of content, you're going to prepare. So we did. I'd say quite a few people did. Others prepared because they saw riot, potential riots, not because they knew about Coverstone. But a lot of people prepared and are prepared for stuff to happen. So I'm glad, uh, to me, I don't, <clears throat> to be, to me, to me, I don't blame him for anything. I do blame these people, you know, that were, you know, trying to, I blame anybody who tries to make money or profit off of something like this. He never did. He never called himself a prophet. And he still says, I never said it and I'm not, uh, but it also leads me to believe, can, can certain events, let's just make some assumptions. Assume God spoke to him. 
Because I believe the guy. I believe the guy. Strong enough that God was speaking in his way. Um, and again, going back to that scale where you're led by your the motivation of your heart slash intuition, your gut, uh, all that trusting that God will guide you. And if you get off, if you deviate, he's going to correct you. That's, that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end is, you know, much more force. Uh, that's not the right word. A much more uh, recognized, stunning event. You know, let's put the Apostle Paul on that far end, but we're not... Um, I've I've had I've had uh, times when God spoke to me much more forcefully. Absolutely knew it was Him, and those are personal and private to me. And I've told a few people, but uh, absolutely, hundred percent knew it was Him because uh, it leaves it 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 makes it it creates reverberations in your life. Uh, the more God, the louder his voice, the more recognizable it is, uh, the greater the interjection of his presence into you, uh, the more waves it creates. And so there's that spectrum there. But, uh, Given that, let's assume Coverstone heard from God. Uh, what it looks like to me is, or the question I raise is, can certain events be pushed to a later date when, even though it's God speaking? And again, I'm not trying to justify nothing happening, nothing happening as in a fraudulent election that could potentially destroy our country and cause civil war. But uh, I'll say this riots, nothing, no explosive events that were explicitly in the news happened that we were expecting food lines and soldiers, whatever you want to, whatever you thought was going to happen. I was expecting, you know, the far end of riots, greatly increased violence didn't happen uh, that I know of. And can certain events be pushed when God speaks to somebody and says, Hey, this and this and this is coming and it doesn't happen. Is that possible? Um, now I'm not justifying Coverstone and nothing, nothing in quotes happening in November. November, but we see Jonah giving a warning and it got pushed out. It still happened, but there was a, there was a uh, generational repentance. I don't want to call it temporary because those people, the, the city, what a great revival happened in Nineveh after Jonah spoke, uh, delivered a warning of judgment it was more of a declaration. It wasn't a warning. It was God's going <laughs> to, it's over people. And, uh, 
the city repented. Hope I'm not getting those those details wrong. I think it was just the declaration of you're going to be judged, and the uh, the king and everybody on down, man, they they uh, got in sackcloth and repented and whatever, and uh, God's heart overruled his hand or his hammer. And, you know, we tend to put God in a box and say, you know, well, he said this was going to happen and then it didn't happen. God's the same yesterday, today. and He's just like a father. And so I'm not going to put God in a box and say, he said that, I mean, that's so Bill Clinton-esque to say, God said this and he's got to do it. I'm like, well, it still happened, but it happened, I believe, generations later uh, to that same, to Nineveh, Assyria. Uh, so it, uh, boy, that could be a big can of worms. I'll hold off. But I'm just, I'm just asking, can events slide based on other things happening uh i don't know i'm just throwing it out there all i'm saying is november was exactly what i expected it was actually worse other than the violence i could not believe there was that much fraud i can't believe how rotten to the core i knew I knew our political system, I thought it had some bad people on the take in it. I didn't know how widespread it was. That, that was a huge disappointment. Huge. Uh, and, and just beyond that, people on the take, there are purely evil actors driving this. And that's what's very sobering, very scary, uh, hard to believe, hard to believe. And I don't think they have to win the, they don't have to win an election. All they have to do is create enough strife in our country to uh, really impact us as a nation. Um, long enough. I'll get back to you. Uh, who knows when? We'll see. Check out Monkey Works. Let me tell you that will that will bring a lot of conspiracy theories out into the light for you. These are legitimate people. There's some crazies out there just throw stuff out there. Yeah, but uh, this guy's a legit guy, and he's just telling you, hey, you know, just wanted to let you know. There's like. 10 times the military traffic in the air that normally is. And it just happens to be the day after the election or the week after the election, whatever. And it's all going to get Mo, stuff like that. It's, it's an eye opener. Monkey works. W E R X. So I will talk to you later. Grace and peace.